Do it. I'm really tired. Do it. This is madness. I've had enough of this crime and punishment bollocks. I'm happy here. I won't let you be happy, why should I? Friday, the Grosvenor, you'll be there. I won't. You will, I told Ted you're doing it. Don't you show me up. No, I won't be there. You will, you missed the Roundtree. No, Don. Yes, Roundtree. No. Yes, Grosvenor. No, Don. Friday. I won't be there. You will. No, Don. Yes, 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 yes. Don, this... Stop kidding ourselves, eh? We both know the reason you're here, and it's not just because of me. What do you say? It's not just because of me. What are you talking about? You didn't come here. Just because of me. I find this astonishing. You're amazing. This is astounding. <laughs> Repeat. Let's be honest. This is about Jackie. I come over here for professional reasons, nothing else. On a professional mission, I've got to get a team together, I've got to handpick a team. And I had you in mind for that team. But quite frankly, your attitude appalls me. It's not what you're saying. It's all the stuff you're not saying. Insinuendos. You really are demonstrating some whopping great ego, my friend. I'll keep that checking for you. Because that's all beginning, this could be a right turn off. Now, if you don't want to do the job, fair enough, I can accept that and we'll leave it at that. And considering what I know about you and the outrageousness of what's going on inside your head, whatever stinky thoughts you're having, which I don't want to know, because they're so disgusting. Fucking hell! Fucking hell! I would like to leave now, this minute, please. Give me a taxi. That's Travis Roy, that's Eric Bransham, and I'm Michael Govier. We bring you top-notch audio, first-class video, and elite coverage of all things film, cinema, movies, etc. Welcome to the show. We're excited to be here. We're going to talk about Sexy Beast. Does it hold up or not? 
2000 film selected by Travis Roy, a classic amongst many of our friends, as he mentioned last time. Go Tigers! No, that is not what I meant to press. Sorry, Travis. Uh, Friday, the Grosvenor, you'll be there. There you go. Thursday, the Cinema Nine podcast. Don't you show me up. No, I won't be there. You will. You missed the round tree. You missed the round tree? No. Yes, round tree. Yes, yes, Grosvenor. No, don't. Friday. I won't be there. You will. No, don't. Yes, 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 yes. It's a lot of yeses. So persuasive. Very persuasive. We'll talk about Don Logan and Sexy Beast. And, of course, you can email the show, cinnamonipod at protonmail.com. Uh, Travis, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Um, you sound good. You look reasonably comfortable. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm not roasting or broiling. Um, I'm, I'm lounging in this banana hammock, this yellow banana hammock. Those of you that are watching, you can see that I'm you know, covered in a glistening sheen of, of hot sweat. Chop! <laughs> Are you sweltering? <laughs> uh, I was thinking like skin like leather, man, like leather. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. I was actually thinking of all of us putting on that yellow banana hammock when I was watching the movie. I'm like, you know what? We should do a, a shot, a photo of all three of us wearing that thing with nothing uh, else. I think it would be idea. what a, it'd be embarrassing for us, but it'd be very memorable. Sounds like a picture perfect for audio. Yeah, I guess so. Eric, uh, Griffith, Indiana. What's the latest there? It's February now, and uh, the kids are still in school. Is it winter break? No, but I did uh, enjoy a nice day off. Uh, we did e-learning today because of the uh, winter storm that's ravaging the beautiful northwest Indiana area. Hitting here, this, too. Yeah, is this real now? I don't know. It's, it's confusing. I got a weather update yesterday. It said uh, flood watch, winter storm warning, uh, like all I these different conflicting have you not looked out your window today look out it's like like hot out here in my house (laughs) it was very warm yeah well it was very warm earlier but uh it's very quickly the last few hours become a winter wonderland yet again so i was just confused by that weather statement when i looked at my phone we got a flood watch with a winter storm that's usually you know winter storm means it's cold so a flood watch would seem odd if anything there'd be an ice chaos galore but nobody cares about the weather fuck all that uh we got the uh Academy Awards, they're getting fired up. Somebody was pissed this week in the text thread. Uh, what was exactly the bugaboo there? Because I feel like you guys were oh, upset boy. about something there. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, I wasn't paying attention. I have no <laughs> idea what you're alluding to. I believe uh, he's talking about the much-discussed, controversial idea of a popular oh. movie award at the Oscars. The, the Oscars so Twitter thing. Like it's like, it's yep. literally like you vote with a hashtag. Any account can vote up to 20 times. But of course, any person can open as many accounts as they want. And yes. that's how you <laughs> vote for this new category for most Twittered movie. No, 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 no. Thank you, Don. That yes. sums it up perfectly. Ben Kingsley reporting from London his thoughts on this uh, most popular Live from film. the Grosvenor. The Grosvenor. It's so dumb. It's just so dumb. It's it's shameless. It's it's shameless and going to be grossly inaccurate. Like what's what's what are they trying to prove here? Desperation. It, it's a ratings. Yeah, it's it's ratings bait. I mean, they want Spider-Man No Way Home to win an Oscar so they can get like kids to watch the Oscars. So they're going to give it an Oscar and it's going to be the MTV fucking movie awards. You want kids to watch the Oscars? Sl- throw some money and have Zendaya and Tom Holland host it. Bingo, bingo, yeah. you're done. Yeah, that's it. Instead, yeah, we got they... Amy Schumer, uh, Wanda Sykes, and Regina, Regina Hall. Hall. Is that what's happening? I didn't, I Gina, oh, didn't yeah. hear Regina that. Regina Hall, Regina King. I screwed that up sometime. I don't know. I don't 
Amy Schumer, where's she been? I mean, she's been gone. <laughs> she's she, kind of she was uh I think she had a kid, I want to say. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like she like took a deliberate step back for a while. Also, I also feel that maybe they did offer money to people like Tom Holland and Zendaya, and they're like, We're not doing this. This thing sucks now. It's also very plausible. There's a lot of people that you know find the Oscars to be droll and bland and I you know, I think it's always been a fascinating watch. I've always enjoyed it when I was growing up, but Last 10 years or so, I've certainly lost a lot of interest in it. I really have. And, and a lot of people have. I mean, the, the 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 viewership has plummeted, but I don't think that, you know, tap dancing and, you know, jazz handing their way out of it is going to do it. I think that, like, sticking to, like, accepting the fact that traditions ebb and flow in terms of popularity and just being a constant uh, institution would have been their better bet rather than trying to desperately cling to some sort of you know, cultural relevancy. Yeah, I, I agree. And part of me that like the hypocrite in me does kind <laughs> of remind me and whisper in my ear that like Shirley Temple got like an Oscar just for being like a cute kid, like like in her introduction. And like they get used to give out these really weird Oscars for these really odd reasons. So Michael Govier's I mean, favorite film at 12 years old was Citizen is. Kane. <laughs> that was last year. Michael I really Govier. was. Yeah, that was exciting. Michael Govier's favorite it's film so at 12 years old was Citizen Kane. Reese Witherspoon, so saying your name. I, I, I want to jump to the defense <laughs> of, of Shirley Temple, though. She was one of the hardest working people in Hollywood that, you know, really helped bring America some, some joy in a really rough time. So maybe they threw her a little something extra, but that, that young girl had a. She turned out to be a right winger, but as a child, I got a lot of sympathy for her. Fair enough. That's a good. Are you point. talking about the Shirley Temple Black that was like in charge of like the U.S. Embassy or something? Like, what did she do later in life? She had some yeah, she, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, she wasn't. I don't think she noble. Was, yeah, I don't think she was. No, no. I'm, I'm not saying that she was like a bad person or anything. I just think that uh, you know, uh, yeah. No, she ended up getting into politics and that kind of stuff. I think she had some anti-communist tins to her, though, as I recall. But don't quote me on that. At any rate, as a child, she, you know, I'm fine with her having she that. Did honorary oscar 75 years ago or whatever i guess you're the same no reason here yeah that's uh okay well anyway we wish your best uh, her drink is very high in sugar i've heard so mm. it's really temple you may think it's fun but it can catch up with you apparently wow. all right so uh yeah the oscars will be happening that'll be exciting maybe there's movies i still have to see that are in the best picture category that i'm really going to try to get done Chris and Pizza, uh you know, licorice pizza, man. You got a big update here tonight. Do it. Do it, Mike. Do it. I will, do Don. Do, I will. Do the job. Yes, you will. You'll be the That's AMC. What, I need Don Logan in my life to make me go yeah. see licorice pizza. No I guarantee one. if he showed up, no one I needs would see Don Logan pizza. in their life. No one needs that. No one <laughs> wants that. Um, I saw. So I texted you about this Chippendales Rescue Rangers movie, which yeah. I couldn't believe. I just stumbled upon it on Twitter the other day, and I'm like, wait a minute, what is, is this, what, the, oh my God, this is real? It's John yeah. Mulaney and Andy Samberg. It's yeah. the Chippendales Rescue Rangers cartoon, but it's live action with also like a digitalized update of one half of the crew. <laughs> it looks it's young. really wild. I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, I, I, I keep on thinking of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Right. You know, and if they do movies like this right, they can do them really right. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to maybe run to theaters to see this, but I'm definitely going to watch the Rescue Rangers movie. Lonely Lonely Island that's involved is probably going to be okay, at least. 
Yeah, that's what's so bizarre. Disney and Lonely Island together. I, I couldn't believe it when I <laughs> saw the words on screen and this thing coming together. It just seemed yeah. like something Disney wouldn't do, but... You know, it's not the Disney we know anymore now because they're such a conglomerate as well. They have so many fingers, so many pies. It's hey, out of control. What, what was the name of their production company that they started? Uh, Buena Vista for uh, another <laughs> stakeout or stakeout. I mean, they've you know they've been doing yeah, that kind of stuff for uh, for a down. while. But yeah, they'll 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 appeal towards all audiences. That's fair. That's a good point. I I just thought it was wild, and I like to see things like that that surprise me. Like, oh, cool, that's being yeah. made. It's different, and it makes yeah. me feel like. Uh, you know, that'll open the door for other things because we do live in a time where some people say, you know, a lot of the movies that we used to get, certain movies aren't made anymore, right? There's certain folks, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now, but certain type of movie we don't see. And this is not exactly one of them, but it's good to know that it exists. It makes me happy. So. I mean, it looks different. Like, um, it, I mean, it literally has Roger Rabbit in it. So yeah. they're paying homage to Roger Rabbit. And yet at the same time, they're like totally like ragging on Robert Zemeckis, who was like the king of the like uncanny valley, weird looking CGI people <laughs> in the 2000s. So I don't know. I love this meta shit. It looks funny to me. Polar Express. Yeah. I got That might have been what it was. It really sucked me in with the Roger Rabbit brief cameo there. I was like, oh, my God. All right. I'm going to watch this. I don't care what happens. Yeah. Uh, what about Elvis, though, dude? You're our go-to oh, yeah, Elvis man. expert here on the show. And the trailer yep, dropped today true. for Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. That's right. I've been waiting a long, long time for this. And I'm disappointed by the trailer. I like Austin Butler. And clearly, I love Tom Hanks. But, like, I'm this, like, put in any actor into Rick Baker makeup and make them look like big. And it's, it's like, what are you doing? There's plenty of actors that are like older and bigger that could do this role. And like, we got like Rick Baker makeup on Hanks playing Colonel Parker for one thing. And then for two, like, this isn't the Boz looking like the Boz Lerman that I know and love. Like where's all the like razzmatazz and like insane shots and like all the wildness that I personally enjoy. I like the great Gatsby. I oh. like Romeo and Juliet. I like all that stuff. I thought and the trailer looked very Gatsby. Well, I'm I suddenly the... intrigued. I might actually watch this movie. I find Boz Lerman's <laughs> movies fucking unbearable. I can't yeah, bring I myself to sit through that. Uh, so agree, I, I'm ready for an Elvis movie. I just, when I saw yeah. Lerman's name no. attached, I was like, well, fuck that. But now go back and watch the uh Jonathan Reese Myers Elvis made for TV two parter or John Carpenter's Elvis yeah, from 79, which is fucking awesome. That's what I really need to see. It's kind of hard to get your hands on. It's hard to find, yeah. I thought there was a lot of Gatsby S stuff in the trailer, so that's just me though. But yeah, I didn't I'm not a big fan of his either. So, but Elvis in a movie about Elvis, we're definitely due for one, and it's definitely time. So I'm uh, I'm probably gonna watch it no matter what. I did like Moulin right. Rouge. I mean, I guess he has the right Ooh, you know, yeah. he has moments. Yeah. True. Good point. All right. Well, let's head on over to quarantine viewing picks. Travis Roy, right. control of the board here on Thursday, February 17th at 7.38 p.m. Eastern. I didn't watch a lot of movies this week. I had a, a busy week with other things, so I, I, I didn't get too much done. I, I, I wrote a review for the movie I Want You Back, my first film that I watched that came out in 2022. I put that review up on instagram which we do still use not as much as we used to but you can follow us there for the occasional review i gotta say charlie day and jenna and jenny slate i mean what a team up I, I if you like them you're gonna like this this romantic comedy i thought it was really funny and it and it kept me pretty you know i wasn't on my phone i was i was pretty you know i was pretty zeroed in for the majority of the film i, I was into it 
Uh, for the first time, I finally watched Star Trek Beyond. I, I really didn't care for uh, Into Darkness that much. I know a lot of people oh. did, but I, I just wasn't that into it. So I held off on Beyond, but I ended up really, really liking it. I thought it was great. You know, it was, well, not great, but it was good. It was, it was definitely good. Uh, and I'm excited for another another chapter supposedly coming next year. Uh, what? According, to, IM, according to IMDb, Star Trek 4 is slated for 2023. We'll see if that actually takes no, place. No Anton Yelkin, though. Well, no, and uh, I wish he'd been a bigger part of Beyond. And I don't know that if this if this number four will have Quentin Tarantino's involvement or not, if that's what we're talking about. But we'll see. Wow, it was a written by Simon Pegg too, I believe, wasn't it? Number, yeah, from one? from Beyond was I think co-written by him. Yeah, or he he was heavily involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which made sense when I saw that he wrote it. I'm like, oh, that's why uh, Scotty had a little bit bigger role in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, do you know what this is? By the way, sorry to interrupt your segment. What? what? Uh, the, nope, I've not uh, seen this Jordan trailer. Peele. Yeah, Nope is the new Jordan Peele uh, movie. The trailer dropped this weekend, but I don't watch trailers for movies that I want to see. So, did you watch it, Eric? No yeah, spoilers. it looks fucking awesome. Um, yeah. They don't give too much away at all. It's just all mystery and classic Jordan Peele uh, motif going on here. And there's some social aspects. There's some Twilight Zone shit. Looks fucking mm. awesome. Can't all wait. I need to know, all I need to know is that Jordan Peele directed it and the name of it, so I know what theater to walk into. I'll just okay. give you two more things: Daniel Kaluuya and Stephen Wynn. So, yeah, yeah, that, that, that I did see a picture of of Stephen Wynn and, and uh, like the cowboy kind of get up. That is that is it. But I'm I'm stoked. Fun. I'm stoked for Nope. And I think okay. that the man. I think Peele is really good at naming movies. <laughs> he's got kind of a mary roach approach to it uh i watched uh the newest uh i mean how hard must steven soderbergh work this is this guy must be such a workaholic i mean what is he churning out like 20 movies a year or something it's ridiculous <laughs> uh but i checked out yes Kim yes yes yes, <laughs> yes i checked out kimmy his uh uh made for hbo max film oh i think thoroughly enjoyed this movie heavy rear Ooh. window vibe i didn't know it was him damn yeah, it. I, him. I almost clicked on it and then i was like yeah i don't feel like doing this but i didn't know it was soderbergh i absolutely would have clicked on it it's soderbergh um it's an updated rear rear window with very very current feeling movie uh a terrifying look at like tech and privacy and that kind of stuff a bit of a slow burn but it's a great lesson of how to make a 90 minute film where just you're just you're starting off kind of slow and like, mm, what's going on? And it just ratchets it. It ratchets up the stakes over and over and over again. The last four seconds is some of the worst, uh, like one of the worst endings I've ever seen. Like the last four seconds of the film, like, why would you fucking choose this? But other than that, I really, really love this movie. I think I think everyone should watch Kimmy if you want like a nice night in kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, adventure kind of film. Our buddy Matt Wilson chiming in with, I just froze my ass off to plow my driveway to rush in and watch this. Thanks for joining this, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Welcome, brother. <laughs> well done, uh, Travis, Soderbergh didn't put that fucking lens on this one, did he? Like he did in that lesson. <laughs> no, no. I couldn't tell because Zoe Kravitz's blue hair was so distracting. But um, I, I really think that Zoe Kravitz is going to do a lot more leading work. And I think she was really good in this. She, it, it's, she plays kind of a difficult character in a way. I could see where some people might not connect her, with her. But I found her, like I was really into this character and really concerned for her and like in, in, invested in the movie. So I, I, and again, it's only 90 minutes long. It's a, it's a, it just, I, I definitely recommend Kimmy. Um. Eric, you, you didn't much care for Antlers. Is that that's correct? Um, Scott yeah, Cooper's new film. I I, I wouldn't agree that it sucked, but I, I understand. I think some of the thing some of the reasons why you wouldn't have liked it. I mean, 
not a ton of surprises here, for instance. Uh, I do think that Jesse Plemons, who was nominated for Power of the Dog, was as good or better in Antlers. I mean, he had more to do, at least, in Antlers. But uh, again, I, I'm baffled, and I already said that last episode, that I'm baffled by his nomination. But I, I did enjoy Antlers overall. A bit of a rough watch. I mean, the, the, the subject matter, definitely some, you know, uh, some uncomfortable and triggering kind of heavy shit. But worth worth seeing to me. I, I I thought it was worth checking out, but I could I could see where it wouldn't be for everybody. Um, last but not least, other than Sexy Beast, I finished the season. <laughs> the season finale of Peacemaker today. I just okay. fucking loved Peacemaker so much. It was just a a hot and heavy seven episodes that just warmed my soul and made me laugh. And uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Strongly recommend Peacemaker. You do have to watch Suicide Squad first i think the suicide squad from 2021 uh, but uh really really enjoyed that so that would be my main recommendation of late what cool. about you eric what have you been watching Chop! <laughs> <laughs> jesus god lord almighty uh he's like the tony robbins of like gangsters like, um i watched a lot man i i went from really lowbrow popcorn trash to High art sophistication. So I'll do the lowbrow stuff first. Uh, Good Burger. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, yeah, Sinbad actually made me laugh a few times. Keenan Thompson. Yeah, laughed some, laughed out loud a few times. Silly, dumb, funny. Uh, I don't know. I enjoyed myself. All right. Um, okay. You know how I feel about Billy Crystal. Like I've, I've never, I, I, I've never cared for Billy Crystal. Uh -oh. City Slickers didn't Travis laugh. Doesn't dude. like that. Not cool, dude. Don't understand. Mary met Sally didn't laugh. I, I'm not a fan. What? So you watched <gasps> what? You tonight. watched the Crystal movie? Until you tonight. Uh, throw Mama from the train <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> Finally, you watched yeah. Throw Mama yeah. from the train, yeah. and you liked it. It was it's hilarious. I loved it. Yeah, it was laugh out loud funny. Like Danny DeVito, like. Like, really good dramatic performance? Yeah. Owen loves his mama. He tried to kill me. Like, fuck Aaron! 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 Pope's. So stupid. Oh, I love Aaron! that movie so much. Yeah. Dude, Danny DeVito, like, I know he directed this superbly and at the Smoochie. Did he do Other People's Money, War of the Roses? Like, his, I believe those were great. both him. Yeah. Aaron! He's kind of always been he lately. seems to have stopped, yeah, with direction. Uh, Jack the Bear was him, too, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Jack the Bear. Hilarious, man. A remake of Strangers from the Train, one of my favorite Hitchcock movies, but superbly updated. Loved it. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Glad you liked it. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Travis. Um, I forgive you. What about what from this year? The Requiem. We got a shark move, shark horror starring Alicia Silverstone, who I would watch do laundry for eight hours. Uh, I was pumped when I saw this pop up on like still in theaters on Comcast. I'm like, I'm I'm paying eight dollars, man. We got sharks and Alicia Silverstone. What would take my money? Uh, it was horrible. It was so bad, dude. And I I'm very <laughs> forgiving of like shark horror movies. I forgave Deep Blue Sea. I forgave um, Open Water. I forgave Open uh, Water is okay. Um, what's that? What's that one? Damn it! There was one shit. I just saw. oh yeah 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 the Shallows with uh. Oh, um, what's her you name? Um, Ryan Reynolds' wife. Name. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds' wife. I'm blanking on She was name. good in it. Blake Lively. Blake Lively, yeah, yeah. I like her in the movie. Uh, yeah, awful. Uh, just embarrassing. There was a few mm. times I had to turn away from the screen. I was so embarrassed. The shark 
Like, I get it. You got a low budget. But the shark looked worse than, like, Bruce from Finding Nemo. It looked, <laughs> it was, it like looked worse than those sharks in like Shark Tank, like the opening credit sequence. It looked, it was horrible. It looked worse than Will Smith and Shark Tale. It was, it was bad. Wow. Like it took you right out of the movie. Uh, yeah, can't recommend it. So, okay, um, I'm always on the lookout for new Rick Mickey Rourke movies. Like I, I'm still waiting for him to come, make, you know, come back just one more time. The legend, please return. So I keep checking in. I watched the previews to his upcoming movies. So I watched the preview to this movie, War Hunt, and uh, I'm watching the trailer, and I'm like, oh, shit. The plot is, it looked cool. It's about this battalion of soldiers in World War II who happen across a coven of evil witches. So I'm like, Christ, this looks pretty good. So mm -hmm. I stopped watching the preview, and it turns out I actually rented it on accident. So I'm at this crossroads, like, where I... Do I call Comcast and like argue about this like seven dollars, or I sit here and watch it? <laughs> I watched it and it was fucking solid. Like I, I dug it. It was genuinely creepy and it was shot well. And like I'm not saying make your work is back, but the movie itself was cool. Like the witches and stuff were awesome. So would you say you happen upon War Hunt? War check Hunt. it out. Don't pay eight dollars for it, but it mm, was not trash. Don't pay eight dollars. Okay. Does he play like a soldier in this movie? He plays like the guy that like just sits there with an eye patch and like explains stuff that's going on. But the, <laughs> yes, the soldiers yes, were yes, interesting yes, and the yes. witches look cool. Mm, yeah. All right. So that's that. Um, Friedkin Uncut. This is the second William Friedkin documentary I've watched in in uh, two years. Like he's back in another documentary about his life. The legendary egomaniac and directorial sadist returns to talk about his career. <laughs> A good documentary on more stuff unveiled that I never knew about him. Uh, so I can recommend Freakin' Uncut. Uh, just incredible. Okay, uh, The Lost Daughter, Travis. I know you didn't like. I know you didn't care for The Lost Daughter on Netflix. Nope. Olivia Coleman. I, I watched it. I I really liked it, man. I thought mm -hmm. it was haunting, bizarre, and I, I was thinking about it for like a couple of days after I watched it. I, I'd never seen a movie like it. For, for me, I just dug the film, uh, especially for, like, you get a lot of this talk about, like, how there's no roles for, like, older women. I thought uh, this character played by Olivia Coleman was just so complex and interesting and bizarre. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I dug it, man. There's clearly roles for older women. They're just all going to Olivia Coleman over and over and over again. <laughs> that may be true. <laughs> and uh, I love Jesse Buckley. She was fucking fantastic in this. I dug the I, film. I wouldn't argue that it wasn't a good performance, and I wouldn't argue there wasn't unique things happening here, particularly in terms of theme. Um, yeah. Like and 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 the like, but I I just I mean just utterly fucking bored to tears. I couldn't have been yeah. less invested in anything, you know. But I said that before. I'm glad you liked it. Cool, man. Yeah, it may have caught me at a good time because I, I like started it at like eleven at night, and I just kind of like settled into its rhythms, and I yeah. really like the Grecian locations and. Fucking Dakota Johnson somehow was good in it. Like, I never thought in a million years I'd say a good performance on her, but well, I liked her in it. I think there might be good things coming from her. I thought she was good in it, too. Yeah. Uh, the Red Shoes, 1948, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger. This is the movie that, like, Scorsese always talks about in every interview. The Red Shoes, the Red Shoes, the Red Shoes. Like, finally, like, I'll fucking watch it. It's about, like, ballet dancers. <laughs> uh, it's pretty boring, but it's some of the most beautiful cinematography I've ever seen in my entire life. So if you're studying film or a color in film and art direction, this is a must. It's just, it's sublime. It's so gorgeous, but kind of boring. Uh, finally, my top recommendation. I don't usually go this long. Uh, 
Spencer. I watched Spencer on Hulu. I meant to. It was good. I loved it. I, I loved it. It's fucking awesome, man. Like, uh, I've been accusing Kristen Stewart of just like standing around in movies for a couple of years. And I used to really love her, but for a couple past couple of years, she's kind of standing around being beautiful. She's superb. She's so good in it. She's so uh restrained. Mm-hmm. And Pablo Lorraine, the filmmaker, he did Jackie too, which I absolutely adored. He hits it out of the park again. It's like it's almost filmed like like a it's almost filmed like a horror captivity film because you've got this person who doesn't belong in this environment is frustrated with the, her surroundings and her her place in this dynamic of the royal family and she cannot get out and she just wants her kids to be happy and it's filmed like a fucking thriller i loved it i'm telling you man it's it's one of the best movies i've seen uh in 2021 so fantastic it's on my list definitely definitely we'll check it out now that's on hulu cool man hulu all right do it we all should do it. I we, we thank will. you very much, Eric. We w- yeah, we will do it. Don't worry, we'll be there. Yeah. No, 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 no. All right, so I uh, watch the movies. That's what we do. We talk about what we watched, uh, mm-hmm. and we recommend something if we can, if we're so lucky to be able to do so. Uh, Vegas Vacation. I went back and watched that bozo oh, fest. <laughs> wow, Michael. Uh, I like I like watching it. I don't know. I know it's not good. I understand it's not a good film, but I just. It's the last one, and I've already seen the other one so many times. It's the one I've seen the least of, I guess. So to me, it's somewhat like, oh, I could maybe watch this, and it seems somewhat fresh to me, even though it's not fresh at all, especially from a Rotten Tomatoes perspective. But that's yeah, all right. <laughs> Wallace Shawn is the annoying dealer. That's fun. Good job, Wallace I watched Shawn. it a few months ago, Mike. It's the only one not written by John Hughes. I actually was let chuckling a couple of times. I, I, give, I, I was unfair to it when it came out. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not a god-awful disaster. It's not. Um, it's just such a legacy to live up to after what started the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, I would check it out if you never saw it. Don't listen to what everybody says. A lot of Wayne Newton, though. If you don't like Wayne Newton, maybe mm-hmm. don't see it. Yeah, a lot uh, of Dunkashane. How much anger management? <laughs> Dunkashane. Uh, yes, yes, Oh, yes, Don yes, loves Dunkashane. Yes. Oh, oh. I, not, I've been thinking a lot about this, so... Yeah, Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson together. And mm-hmm. I remember when there was the word that this movie, Anger Management, was going to happen, and that Adam Sandler at the time, as big as he could ever be, and Jack Nicholson, I've, you know, a legend in his time in 2003. Yeah. And I had such high expectations for this movie, but when I first saw it, it was such a piece of crap to me. I was so disappointed. And watched it the other day, and I was like, you know, this is all right. But again, it just doesn't live up to the massive amount of expectations that were set forth when we heard that these guys were going to do a movie together. I mean, you expect just so many laughs and it's just really cheesy and lame and too many poop and fart dick jokes. <laughs> In the Sandler film? I like those jokes. No. You say it. Yeah. <laughs> Woody Harrelson's in it. You know, he, yeah. it's funny too. Is it a better or worse really team hard. up? Is it a better or worse team up than with Al Pacino and Jack and Jill? Oh, with Cappuccino? Oh, um... I think it's probably a better team up than that. Although you were surprised when you watched it last <laughs> time. So pleasantly so. Um, oh, Matt wants to know, by the way, who rents something on accident? Yeah, Albert Benz. I do. I do. That's your man right there. Yeah. There he is. Uh yeah, it's 
It's just disappointing. That's just a lot of disappointment with that film. But I watched it, and I did laugh. John C. Riley's in it, too. Woody Harrelson, a lot of people that you can yeah. laugh at. So you'll find laughs. Uh, <laughs> I watched a movie I'd never saw before, The Campaign. I never actually watched it. I almost clicked on it a hundred times, it feels like. Really? And I finally knocked it out. Yeah. This Will Ferrell. And yeah. Zach Galifianakis. Okay. Stop calling me, Luke. We're doing a show. You know we do the Cinema Night podcast every Thursday night. What an idiot. Sorry, I don't know if that's coming through on the screen. Um, it's not. I mean, good. it is because you're well, talking about it. But Luke, if you I'm want to it. comment about Werner Herzog, just go to our <laughs> YouTube account and type it in. Yeah, Luke, if you want to hit me up, come on here to live chat. You know, ask questions. But, yeah, you know, uh, the campaign is funny. And 10 years old now. It'll be 10 years old this year, which is wild. Man, that is wild. That is wild because it was supposed to be like a fresh comedy, a political comedy. Will Ferrell doing what Will Ferrell does. And Zach Galifianakis, he has that alter ego he loves to bring out. He did it in his comedy special back in the day with the, uh, was the Purple Onion? Was that that comedy special? Uh, yeah, I think it was Live at the Purple Onion. That sounds right. Is that what that thing's called? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember Jimmy, the first time I saw it, Jimmy had that DVD. And I never knew who Zach Galifianakis was until I saw that. And this was right before The Hangover blew up and Classic. all that. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It, it's solid. It, it tries to give you a heart. And like, just don't even bother. Just stick with the laughs. Oh, yeah. To the bitter end. It's a political movie anyways. I will say that Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow are an ideal coupling mm-hmm. as the... Essentially, the Coke, Coke brothers. brothers they yeah. <laughs> They're perfect. They, they nail it. So I will give I thought, them credit for that. I thought Dylan McDermott fit right in, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When he showed up on screen and he fit right into that role as a slick ass. Yeah. I'm going to fix the fixer. He was yeah. great in that role. No doubt about it. Uh, Matt wants to know who could replace Anthony Michael Hall as Rusty. You're right. Thank you for yeah, that. Wasn't it uh, Ethan Embry? Oh, was it Ethan Embry that they had for that yeah, one? Yeah, Vegas Vacation. Yeah. Ethan Embry. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Embry, Nick Papa Giorgio. Come on. I do like Nick Papa Giorgio. I will say that. Uh, uh, I'm trying to see it through here. I can't see between my damn lights. Uh, Um, I obviously was that. I watched Clueless. Leanna never. She saw Clueless once, but we went back for a 90s flashback. It was fine. Clueless is Mm -hmm. what Clueless does. And that's pretty much it. I've been watching a lot of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm trying to catch up on the last two seasons, which I had not seen. So uh, I started back with season nine to kind of. Give me a f- little bit of a refresher because I feel like I know mm-hmm. everything else about the other seasons. So. That was a big gap. Like, how long was that gap between the seasons? It was several years. Well, the yeah, so season nine was done in 2017. But, yeah, prior to that, it was a good six years almost. I want to say 2011-ish yeah. was the last season before that. Right. Honestly. And we started watching the new season at, at the Feast. And I got to admit, I kind of found myself being like, I kind of thought it, this has been done. Like, it seemed a little played out, I'm sorry to say. Oh, well, I, I haven't got there yet. I'll let you know how I feel. I, I don't know how to be... I don't know if the last season has Super Dave in it or not. I know Super Dave passed away last year, so he's having <laughs> Funkhauser in that show is a crucial aspect to me. I love his role. Yeah, he's, did, he's you see, like, did you see the Super Dave documentary? No, I got to see that. That's on my list. I, I've heard really good things. Yeah, I want to see that. And Larry David, I just learned today he's going to get his own two-part documentary on his life, uh, HBO documentary films. So Well, that's good. He's sure clearly he's hurting for money uh, since he had to do that crypto commercial. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. I'm glad he's going to be pulled out of the hole, this poor broke yeah. bastard. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was I was surprised to see him do that, but I don't know. I guess he also seems like the coyote 
<laughs> yeah, he seems like he'll do anything. Like he's just ready for whatever. Do it. And that's true. All right. So there it is. That's what we've been watching. You can always email okay. us what you've been watching and share it with us. Cinema9pod at protonmail.com or DM us on whatever social media you prefer. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is continuing to grow. Thanks to Eric's efforts. Eric's been incredible with that. Three cheers for you. Hip, hip, hooray. And, of course, five-star rating, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yes, they all have the ability for you to rate us there. Thank you. Please. Please and thank you. All right, let's do it. It's time to find out. Does it hold up? Let's go back to the year 2000 and fire up the old DVD machine. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. Who's roasting? Who's Who's charming? A lot of sunshine in this film, at least until it goes to London. But yeah, so it's Sexy Beast. Do you think I'm some sort of fucking cunt? Some fucking twat? Do you think I'm gonna have that? Do you really think I'm gonna have that? My fucking ears were burning all the way, fucking back in a fucking cave, fucking on fire. What happened, though? What happened? What fucking happened? I'll tell you what fucking happened. You tell me, gal. You tell me what fucking happened. Give me a fucking knockback, you fat fucking cunt. Problem with the plane, huh? What's that? What did you fucking say, cunt? What? Problem? Fucking problem? No, mate, no. No fucking problem with the plane, cunt. Fucking plane was fine. Fucking plane was all right. Fucking plane was perfect. It's you. You're the problem. You're the fucking problem. You fucking Dr. White, onking, jam, rag, arking, spunk, bubble, I'm telling you, H. You keep looking at me, I'm going to put you in the fucking ground. I promise you. This was chosen by Travis Roy. An excellent choice. Uh, this is a film I made no secrets about. I do enjoy. We all enjoy, or at least we used to enjoy it. But again, it fits into the mold, Travis. So I, I remember exactly when I saw this. Do you remember the first time you saw this film? Oh, God, no. I, I, have, I have zero recollection of when I first saw it. But let me, let me think for a second. It came out in 2000. I would have been in Florida when it came out. I think I, I, think I saw it in Florida. I think, yeah, because I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw it when it was new. And uh, it was... It was very quickly one of those movies that me and all of our friends just, you know, internalized and quoted <laughs> the hell out of and just decided we really, really liked. And uh, when I moved back to Michigan, I think that we were, everybody was already on board with watching it all, all the time. And it was one of those ones that we just watched ad nauseum. And then I haven't yeah. seen it, like I said last episode. I really, I mean, as much as I held this movie in high esteem, I really have not watched it in probably, probably 10 years or so. And eventually, you know, we had talked about doing this uh, early on the show. And eventually I'm like, I just want to watch this movie. I've been meaning to watch the movie. <laughs> I better, you know, but I had been holding off because of the show. So I'm like, well, I better, better, better make it the, the choice. So I was happy to watch it. Well, <laughs> it was a choice. good five-year stretch. Every time I would see Guile, old friend of the show, <laughs> He would just look, he wouldn't even say hi. He just walk right up to me and start going, Yes, Grom, now, yes, Rob Trey, you'll be there. Like, okay, I get it. Sexy Beast, great movie. Jesus Christ, man. Friday, the Grogner, you'll be there. That's right. You better be there. All right, Eric, what about you? I got to tell you guys, man, like uh, me and like British crime movies right around this time were not the best bedfellows like no no sky richie burned me like i i i hate uh long stocking two, two smoking barrels i hated no. snatch so like i wasn't really that interested in this movie so i was like all right whatever ben kingsley let's check it out i dug it i i, I haven't seen it since oh i've wow. only seen it you only watch it you only watch it one time and then walked around yeah. quoting it with us a bunch 
I, mean, well, I guess yeah, we, were, I know the we quotes, quoted you, I guess. I know the clothes, <laughs> but like they, they became ingrained in like the cinephile pop culture. But I only yeah. saw that one time and I was like, good movie. Uh, didn't do that aside from like, I remember thinking like aside from that like incredible performance, I saw, a, I, I've seen a lot of what was going on in that movie before. So I kind of stepped away and I, I only saw that once, but I always have admired it for its uh, place in pop culture history and all that. Yeah, Jimmy was another friend of the show, as we mentioned earlier. He loved quoting this movie. He was also constantly doing that to me. He would come up to me and just grover me to death. That's for sure. <laughs> it's not the first time that I ever got saw Grover. It. And actually, it goes back to, yeah, I got groved. He uh, was not the person who exposed me to this film. It was actually the guy you mentioned earlier, Eric, uh, Steve. Steve and I used to go over to our old friend. Uh, we call him Klopak, Andrew. And Klopak. he had an apartment. I don't think I don't know if I don't know how I ended up there. I, only, I ended up there like twice ever. He wasn't. He was kind of fading away from our friend group by that then. Basement apartment. But we ended Harvard. up in his. Uh yeah. Well, this one was on another level, but yeah, it was oh, one okay. of those buildings over there. So there could have been a couple of them, I'm sure. But yeah, it was over there on Packard, and they threw this movie on, and we got an Anthony's Pizza, a gourmet deep dish, oh, okay. which is delicious. Local Ann Arbor favorite. And uh, we watched this film, and I was like, what, what the fuck what, is why this? Did you call, why did you guys call him Klopek? I've, I've never known this, and like, that was as good a time as any. Because he looked is this a vaguely, Birds reference? Because he looked vaguely like, what's his name? Corey. Yes. Oh, whatever Corey from Gaines. the Birds. He looked, yeah, Corey, he looked like Gaines Hans? From, he, looked like, he looked vaguely like Hans from, from Birds, <laughs> so we called him Klopek. Okay, that solves it. He was very pale, <laughs> and he had that Norwegian, yeah. It, Klopek. Uh, we just thought and, it, and it worked we were, for us. He was very white. We were weirdly yeah. cruel to this good friend of ours. So we yep. gave him a nickname. Oh, big time. He, he was oh. not crazy about the nickname. That was not a yep. an epithet he enjoyed. Horrendous. I might yeah. have been his first friend. He deserved a lot of mistakes. In fifth deserved grade, better. I remember uh, meeting him <laughs> at the Lakes Elementary School. I'll never forget his beautiful Boston Celtics jacket. So I'm, I may, know, may have known him before even you guys. So Yeah, uh, someone may I have seen back. someone's mom naked. I don't know. Just oh, yes. I did uh, see his mother <laughs> completely in the buff. That happened. That's a rumor. No, that was a reality. Well, that was a rumor. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, they put it on, him and Guile, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And as soon as Ben Kingsley showed up on the screen, I was oh, I yeah. was sucked in. I was like, that what big, is happening? That big, bald head, man. Once that big, bald head <laughs> comes ears. in, the music, you're like, oh, I'm fucking into this movie now. It literally <laughs> looks like a dick. That's a good call. I didn't think about that. Well done. Well done. Uh, so, yeah, that was in 2001 or two, I would say. So probably after the fact it came on DVD. But I didn't look up the score on IMDb, and I wonder what is the score? I'm going to guess pretty high. I'm going to guess real high. I'm going to say 7.5. Yeah, I'll guess 7.2. I feel like... Uh, yeah, I feel like that's more in line with what I was thinking, Eric. Yeah, I'm going to say like a seven, a solid seven. And the right. answer is seven, three. Okay, right. so we're all the ballpark there, that seven yeah. to 7.5 range. Although I didn't Her know how closest. many people have seen this movie either. Yeah, it's it's not a movie that people I've run into in other realms of society talking about film have mentioned it to me. They really haven't. It's funny to me that Jonathan Glazer has done so little since, because this seemed like it was pretty well received. I didn't even hear of this second movie that he did. I think it's called Birth, I want to say. I I never (laughs) heard of it. 
Birth then, is really good, man. Yeah. And then Under the Skin was incredible. Incredible. Um, so, and then he's got one more movie in the pike that's mostly come something about in the zone or something that's called yeah. in the zone or out of the zone, something like that. Right. But uh, I mean, here it is 22 years. The man's done three films. Bizarre. Um, I agree. It really does get you thinking like, um, so Jonathan Glazer, he starts out music videos. Like a lot of these guys who were doing movies yeah. in the late nineties, karma Virtual. police, man, virtual insanity. Are you kidding me? These are some of the classic nineties videos. Yeah. Massive Attack. He did a into my arm, Nick Cave. Oh, Best of that? Blur, Radiohead. All right. Oh, good for him. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. You love them, Eric. Uh, yeah, Travis. I remember looking up Glazer a few years ago and be like, "Oh man, there's got to be. I got to catch up on the rest of his stuff." And it just wasn't there, really. <laughs> I mean, Under yeah. the Skin is good, right? But that's oh, it. Yeah. You're right. Very odd. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes wise, 87 for the critics and 85. Very tight score. Very even. Very balanced there. Luke's calling me for the third time. And uh, as far as the critical reviews, I will share them with you. There's plenty of them. I'm hoping to get Destin on this one, but oh, we please I feel like we've missed in the last couple. Yeah, yeah. I missed Destin Thompson. Where is our boy? <laughs> Where are you, Destin? We need more of you in our life. Uh, David Anson of Newsweek said this, the talented Glazer keeps things crisp, clean, and purposeful. The only flab on this film is around the waist of its sybaritic hero. <laughs> That's rough, dude. Oh, I, what's sybaritic? I, I spell it. S y b a r i t i c. Sybaritic. I don't know that one. Stop me on that one. I mean, call Luke back. Damn. He'll know. <laughs> oh, you're good with words. I thought maybe you knew that one. Yeah, uh, a I, working. I, I do know words, but I don't know that one. A working class cook who has Stay finally got a taste the of the fuck fuck good life. <laughs> and he doesn't want to lose it. So, okay, that's true. Yeah, he is a working class cook who got a taste of the good life and doesn't want to lose it. Fair enough. Crook. Yeah, but I don't know why he's a cook. Uh, he's probably a crook, and that was a typo. That makes sense. As soon as I said that out loud, I realized what I had done. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That's why you're here. That's to, what uh, clarify. I'm good for. Uh, all right. Uh, still not seeing Dessin. No Dessin, um, unfortunately. Goody Koontz is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> Myth. Myth of Bill Giddycoons. How about this review? This is a stupid review. I'm going to read it. I don't think it deserves it, but I'm going to read Dennis Schwartz of Dennis Schwartz Movie Reviews. It simply says, discourages thinking, dot, dot, dot. I feel like that's so out of context. I can't judge that review because it's not even a review. It's just two words. Yes. It's fucking gibberish. That's stupid. Yeah, if you're not uh, Susan thinking Grainer, about why the fuck a rabbit man would be walking up on um, <laughs> gal on a horse, there's something rabbit wrong man. with you. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait a minute. Put it away. Oh, shit. No, it's like a serious emergency. I'm not, oh, man. Uh, can you guys take over for a second? I'm not kidding. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, looks like there's a... Uh... Legitimate emergency happening here. Hopefully, okay. nothing too. Uh, no, terrible. Um, yeah, maybe he's in a ditch or something. We're gonna hope for the best and keep kind of plotting yeah. along here, Travis. Yeah, so, let's keep it moving. The thing, the thing about it is, like, I remember at the time a lot of people talking about it, especially because of Ben Kingsley. But when's the last time you heard it brought up in the same conversation as other like crime movies, like Goodfellas and and all that sort of stuff? 
I think that it, well, speaking from a strictly, obviously American perspective, I don't know that it has been incorporated into the crime genre and embraced as well as it could be or should have been Um, that it was nominated for Academy Award doesn't necessarily suggest much. I mean, the movie that, that he lost to, or he lost to Jim Broadbent for the movie Iris. Do you, have you ever seen (laughs) this movie? Yeah, I like that too. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I've never seen it, but um, yeah. So, I mean, that something's nominated or not doesn't necessarily uh, suggest any sort of longevity or uh, cultural embrace. And that was a tough year because we had uh, Ethan Hawke, Training Day, Ian McKellen, Fellowship of the Ring. So that was (laughs) like, you know, who's who. Yeah, it was a good year, I guess, for Jim Broadbent. (laughs) But. Uh, so for me, this is not one that it's. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't speak to whether people talk about this movie because most people I talk movies with are my friends, and to most of my friends, this is like a legendary status kind of movie. So, I I can't really speak to it. But I will say that uh, it has long lodged itself in my head. While I have, while I have not watched it for a long time, it certainly is one that. Um, has stuck with me as being a cultural touchstone. Right, man. So we've got, we've got a first time filmmaker here. I mean, this is Glazer's first movie, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, right out of the gate, pretty impressive. And the way he starts it, like he starts it with like this kind of cheeky, like we're going to have some fun here. I'm going to be doing like quirky stuff with the camera and stuff. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it kind of draws you right in, but then like, you know, the first, Literally, the first hour, I think I paused it. The, the first hour is literally just trying to get this character, uh, gal, to do the job. And, like, when you watch these movies about, like, hey, one last job, like, <laughs> like come out of retirement. Usually that, that that takes, like, two minutes. Somebody's got to leave their card. They think things over, like, well, I'm getting in a fight with my girlfriend, so I might as well take the last job. But, like, oh, yeah. I'm used to seeing a movie where that is literally the plot. I, I would say this is a spiritual cousin to Reservoir Dogs, not just for being a first-time director, but the fact that the robbery itself is completely incidental. I mean, yeah. you, you at least right. see the robbery in this movie, and it actually is a really cool, unique uh, like way of doing it, and it's so background to everything else that's happening. Like it's just, it's just like the bank is getting flooded, and it doesn't really matter because yeah. you're really focused on on the tension between Teddy and uh, yes. Gal. Mike, everything okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke is having an emergency. Uh, it's okay for now. So sorry, I had to do that, but uh, I think he's okay. He's fine. So okay, good. Clear. So, good. All right. Uh, just, so we were just this issue. Okay. Well, best to Luke, friend of yeah, ours. Sure. And uh, uh, we were just discussing the fact that Glazer was a first-time director and that mm-hmm. the crime aspect of the film is almost – it's very secondary. The The robbery itself is secondary. It's really focused on the relationships and the tension between trying to get Gal to do something that he clearly doesn't want to do. But it's really well done, though, in terms of those scenes. I know they're secondary, but the whole – yeah, how did they film awesome. all that, you know, like – Awesome. Where did they find this place to film? So they did, in, like... there, there is a, like a, a underwater tank like studio that kind of devotes itself to like underwater shots in England that they, mm-hmm. they went to do this at. And just everything like the, the bills floating around man, the necklaces like the weird that picture. dude like stuffed like a fucking like tribal 
<laughs> some sort too of much in plastic. I, picture in he wants too that. Many bun- too much a, money in plastic. He's taking that space. Come on. I got annoyed with too much money in plastic because just because there would be water someday or like, why would you put money in a plastic little mini bag like that? It's a mm. tiny, tiny nitpicking thing, but I feel like they did it because the movie wow. knew that there would be a flood wow. here. It's just, it's stupid. Yeah. I know, but it's pointless. But- Going back to Glazer's uh, direction, th- there's so much happening in terms of unique camera movements and and yeah. the way it looks visually and the and the vibe that he sets. Like when that big circle, like or the back, that big smoke heart when Gal blows like a big heart and it kind of goes through Dee Dee and then it cuts from that to this weird image of Dee Dee and Gal like clearly filmed underwater but flying in the sky. It's all very spacey and dreamy and he can be really uh out there and creative like that but the, but the shot that really gets me in this movie is uh like the shot following teddy best through into the revolving door and we see like the the camera revolve or the camera that's locked onto again teddy best's car door and when he opens the car door the camera moves with him and it slams closed again it's like not totally the most motivated shots but at the same time they 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 are totally motivated. You, you get exactly what is intended with this really creative shot. So it's not just like this dressing or this, uh, you know, like this fanciful move to like, hey, signal, I'm with this explosive new director. It's actually serves a function to the to the story, which you don't always get with energetic and exciting new directors. Do it. That's true. Do I, it. I want to go back real quickly because we did have a Dessa Thompson review. So I, we got to oh, get this in. <laughs> absolutely. Must get yes. that in. Uh, well, let me give you Roger Ebert's real quick. He said, I didn't know Kingsley had such notes inside of him. Obviously, he could play anyone. That's from Ebert. Yeah, this was That's... a. Incri- I mean, like, no one knew that he had this in him. I, I don't Jeez. think. Yeah. I th- we're all, we're all feel the same way, Roger. And then Dessen said, an engaging conflagration of British B flick, Cockney wit, and gallows humor. Four out of five stars. Should have been five, but all right. Yeah, that's fine, Dustin. We'll take. I mean, take it. I'd we'll like to it. know what the one star takeaway is for you there, Dustin. What was it? I don't know. That but it was either a B way, movie, not an A movie, I guess. Ah, uh, maybe that was it. So, okay, so we got Dustin on the record. Uh, thank you, Dustin, for that. Always Thanks good to have us. you aboard. But, uh, but yes, Ben Kingsley's performance is massive in this film. There's no way to deny it. Take him out of this movie. Take Don Logan out of this film. What yeah. do you have? You don't have this movie, obviously, but <laughs> no. you, you could say that I'm about sorry. a lot of movies, but. You've got a beautiful love story uh, about uh, a retired criminal who's just trying to enjoy his life. Uh, Ray Winstone, man, I'm telling you, man, it, talk about Ben Kingsley all you want. And, and he's kind of a, a, I don't want to call him a cartoon, but he is kind of an, un, uh, a, I'll say maybe an unbelievable character in this, whereas Ray Winstone is a relatable, uh, just a tender uh, person. In this. I, I loved his performance, man. It's not showy. And he plays this, like, wonderful balance between, uh, like, fear and gallantry that, that mm-hmm. is really tricky to pull off. And I, he just does it superbly. I loved him in it, man. It's fantastic acting. Chicken thing? Yeah. What chicken thing? I'll have to call him Ari. <laughs> Thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, thinking Th- of me. Thanks for thinking of me. That's my favorite. Actually. You're right. Yeah, that one stuck with me too. But you're you're right. I thought a lot about this for the first time with this film about how important it is to give Ray Winstone mm-hmm. just as much credit. Again, 
uh, I feel like we talk about this a few times recently where we had characters that were lesser in terms of the showiness of the role. What did I talk about? What, Rain Man. You talked Rain about Man. that recently. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. You had Dustin Hoffman, the showy character, but Tom Cruise keeps the movie together. He's the glue. And Ray Winstone is absolutely so centered and low-key and sticks to his guns and trying to politely tell Don. Uh, by the way, did he insinuate when he's at the restaurant before he hears the news that Don's coming that he spent nine years in prison? Is that what he said when like, he I was think that's the insinuation. Years? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, that, it's after he, it's after he hears it, that Don is coming, but he's, he's, he said like, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, there's no risk to this. When she tells him, when Jackie tells exactly. him, there's no risk. He's like, no risk. I, I spent nine years in prison. There's fucking risk. Easy Thank for you, you to say. But I never uh, caught that before. Yeah, yeah. It makes it makes a it makes a difference to the plot. Like this is someone that like was in his twenties. Was you know he was in the early thirties. This is what he did. But then he served his time. And once he served his time, he's like, I'm I'm out. I'm gonna find the woman I fooled around with like a decade ago and and marry her and disappear. But for you guys, um, while you guys were focused in on Ray Winstone's performance instead of obviously Ben Kingsley, like he always like he steals a show. But for me, I was really taken in by Ian McShane's performance. This this viewing, I I, I always get again kind of distracted by Don Logan, but Teddy Best is so scary mr black magic himself he is yeah. so scary because don logan is a petulant child and you don't know what he's gonna do but like teddy best is so much more unpredictable and um that like just like he's just fucking scary and, and, and it makes sense to me. yeah yeah exactly and it makes I, sense that he blew, that he blew up after this because i mean i never saw him before this but but i haven't mm -hmm. stopped seeing him and stuff since because this what a, what a role this was he's so fucking cool in it Damn it. When he's yeah. he knows that that uh, gal's lying in the restaurant, but he says, I, we'll let this go for now. We're going to circle back to it later. Both men probably know that he's caught in a lie. But yeah, just to to be so <sighs> subtle. I think that's the thing, though, because we didn't know Ray Winstone and we didn't know Ian McShane in 2000 when this came out. So we weren't really like, oh, look at how awesome these guys are. We just kind of. We really undermine these incredible performance of, of just nuance and just playing everything in very minimal amounts of dialogue and just texturally with the, the eyes. And they do everything. God damn, it's so fucking sublime. And since you brought up that um, that lie about um, about Don Collin from Heathrow, never has that annoyed me more than this viewing. Like, what a stupid fucking lie. Don Logan is not the kind yes. of guy who's going to call you and let you know that he got in all right. You're not his grandmother. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree. Like, 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 it's such a stupid lie, and, and it's clearly designed to, to make Teddy and everyone think that, like, yes, he, he made it across the pond. He made it over there. But you would have been so much better off just being like, I saw him get in the cab, and that's the end of it, and just leave it at that. That's so much panic? more believable. I mean, did yeah, they plan it out like that? Panic. That's stupid. I completely agree. But I want to go back to Eric's point. He said, "You said something along the lines that you know, Ben, you know, Don Logan, the character himself, is kind of one note." Or what did you? You said something about like that. Uh, it's expected well, I, in a way. I, I, I can't remember how you said it. I, I just feel like the performance is. He's not a simple person. It's not a it's simple not character. He's complex. He, yeah, it's hard to criticize this character. We're talking about one of the best villains of the 2000s. But people don't act like this. Like like he, he just he's just so bizarre like so it's it's a little hard for me to 
just believe I'm yeah, but watching that's a, he's character, unique. and it just seems kind of like a big performance. You know what I mean? Well, no, but he has the intimate moments. That's what I meant to say. There it is. That's what I forgot. Yes, he has intimate moments in the mirror when he's talking to himself, and he, he's yeah, having he's, this yeah, introspective he's moment up. too. Or when yeah, he I, um, when he asks Gal, "How is she? All right?" and, and Gal doesn't hear him. He's like, "Well, I'm not going to fucking repeat it." He has these moments where he does expose himself. Um, you know, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, then. So there, there's a little bit of both there too, but, but yes, with, yeah, you're right about Ian McShane. I never heard of him, never saw him. He just yeah. showed up in this movie to me and I looked back in the past too. There wasn't anything I really would have caught him in. He kind of just got this new life because Deadwood was a few years after this too. Yeah. And then he really took off. Um, I did want to say though, I, I, I think that Don is a big and maybe a little bit unbelievable character, but he's not a regular house guest. He's not a normal person. He's, <laughs> one of, he's one of the, you know, he's one of the, he's a, he's a, he's a, like a guard dog. You know what I mean? Like he's a, he's clearly yeah. not someone that rose through the ranks of, of, of the criminal underworld by being a smart person, but by being violent and, and tenacious and yeah. unafraid. And so yeah, he, I think that he's and he's and again like he's super embarrassed by everything that's going on because for one he's clearly he's mad at Gal because he expected Gal to just be like yeah okay I'm a dumb puppy dog I'll do whatever you tell me and and so he's mad at Gal for not because he's worried that he's going to go back and tell people like I couldn't get him to do it it's going to make him look bad and then he's also of course really worried about how he looks to Jackie because it's all about Jackie Big Tits as uh, <laughs> calls yep. her that's right that when he. When Gal says to Don, that's not the reason you're here. You're really here because of Jackie. We all know it. Let's Unbelievable. Stop. Let's be honest. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. He gets so fast and then he leaves. And, and the first time I watched this movie, I was I had to really, really think back to the first time I was in the shoes of the original viewing. I was like, oh, wow. Well, okay. It's over. He's not coming back. I, I do believe that's really how i felt and then this whole exchange where we get to see don outside of the element of these people that know him right acting in the world and the way he acts it shows you that yes he's aggressive and tenacious and he'll do anything it takes but he'll also verbally and with wit and play games with people to do whatever it takes he accuses a steward of sexual assault that yeah. clearly didn't happen. I mean, that is so bogus. That's totally bogus. But he doesn't want to cause a fuss, and he doesn't want the person to lose their job. And he does it so cunningly. It is cunning, but it's also sick and twisting. And homophobic. But his, his front bottom, you know, his front bottom got touched. His front yeah. bottom. Uh, his front bottom. Part of me thinks bottom. that he might have used that as an excuse to go back and try again. Like he did the whole cigarette thing on purpose. Oh yeah, to try yeah. to be contained and all that. But I, I don't remember thinking about that the first time I saw it. No, I think you're right. He, he, I think that he didn't get kicked off the plane and then decided to go back. Like he had already, I think he was already planning to go back, and that's why he let himself get kicked off the plane. So I was thinking. Uh, I asked you guys a scenario a couple of weeks ago, and I, I'm thinking more about this now when I watch these movies. So I want to ask you guys more what you would do. So I had a thought about. Remember how they hear Don's coming and Dee Dee says to Gal, like, let's just leave. leave. Let's go right now. That'd be the long finger, mm -hmm. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I, I'm thinking that, yeah, if they had left, the job was on a time. It was on a schedule here. The job was going to be done on this weekend. They didn't really have time to go off and try to find these people. They could have got away with it, I feel like. Okay. I think that's the point of the infamous dream sequence and, and the two... I don't want to go on too long, but 
you get two preclusions of the danger that's to come. The boulder, which is like you're you're oh, fucked. It's, it's yeah. impending doom. And the grill, which almost like lights his hand on fire. He's not going to be able to live peacefully in Spain. Something's going something's going to happen. You're fucked. You've chosen this life. And then when Don comes, he has this dream about the bunny man, which we have to get into. And I mean, I want to hear you guys' opinions, but the bunny man for me represents his past life himself. And I don't know who plays him, but like it kind of looks like Ray Winstone. Is that like his like super ego coming to say you you can't run away from this? You're fucked. I'll, if you try to kill me with a flintlock rifle, I'll come here with an Uzi. But like he can't escape the danger. It's not going away. Like he's you cannot run from this. Um yeah, so if we're if we're unpacking the bunny man, I mean I'm I'm, I'm of two minds on it because Donnie Darko? Yeah. At the end of the film, he clearly seems like some sort of Satan figure who's greeted Don Logan in hell. Um that that's how <laughs> no, he that seems bizarre. To, that's how he seems to me, but uh how he appears in the dream being that they had the earlier event where he and H, which is not the letter H, but the word A I T C H, that's yeah. new, new to me. H, H, the unintelligible H. H. Oh, you gotta so watch this movie with the subtitles on, by the way. Do not <laughs> watch this movie without on. the subtitles. Yep. I, I did. I, I'm fine with everybody. Everybody, I was fine with, but him, and he's completely just mud mouth. Anyways, yeah. um, so the, him and he dies shortly and, after this. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah, well. still couldn't. I mean, like, yeah, still couldn't. That's a chance of fact he couldn't talk. Yeah, I couldn't understand him, anyways. Um, but so the two of them and the pool boy, they go hunting rabbits, or and and to me that suggest the dream suggests something about uh, prey turning back on you, and I think that he is like encouraging himself. I think that he is the prey. He's seeing that you know, like Don Logan is coming, and Don is a predator, but I can turn this around on him somehow and win and and that's what i think in the dream sequence but then we get one more little visit with bunny man and that's when um teddy best i keep on calling him teddy best because i thought his name was teddy best teddy my whole best. life yeah i thought i heard that i just let it go but... i keep on saying well that's what i always thought it was until this viewing is teddy bass so bass uh, so when teddy bass walks up to him at the restaurant for half a second we see bunny man like with the gun so i'm like yeah. oh, now i'm confused again so I don't think Bunny Man really means much of anything. I agree. I think it's just in the movie, and he wants to have some fantastical elements to yeah. fuck around with because he was a young director, and who cares? But you had just hit on a point <laughs> that I had remembered. Hierarchical situations in this film. In the beginning of the movie, you have Gal and the boy, the Spanish boy, his pool boy, and Gal is he's actually pretty kind of like a, he's the badass of the, yeah. you know, the way he's talking in that first scene before the boulder rolls down the hill. Like, hey, boy, listen to me. Give me some beers. I'm paying, you know. He's they have a funny like rapport, though. You know what I mean? They like do have a, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely buddies. Like, he's he's bossing them around, but you can tell that the kids oh, are yeah. not taking him very it's, seriously. It's Yeah, it's jokingly, but he's a sense of confidence around him. But then mm -hmm. Don shows up. He's the submissive one, clearly to Don. And then Don's below Teddy, it feels like. There's just I just yeah. see all these hierarchical relationships. Yeah, and Stan, too. It's... It, it, it and the fact that they don't kill him, that Gal survives, um, mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, the only part of this movie that I think kind of drags and is kind of annoying to me is the fact that the last part of it, 
Oh he's like constantly fucking with him, but he's not saying anything to Gal about where's Don, where's he been, and letting Don yeah. be this awful black cloud that hangs over Gal while he's doing this job. But then the job's yeah. completed, all all is well. And in the end, Teddy says that he didn't give a solitary fuck, quote unquote, about Don. So he, that's why he wasn't gonna do anything uh, to Gal. He, so he didn't care he, he didn't care about Don. What he cares about is being lied to. What he cares what is, is that? that it? What the fuck is, is that, that is that what it is um yeah he he, he cares about uh being lied to, to and and thinking and someone thinking they could pull one over him that's what he doesn't like so he he knows pretty early on that some, something's fishy with with don and all of this sure but he needs gal for the job so he lets gal do the job and but he's not gonna let gal just like do it easy he's gonna let him have this dark cloud hang over him and when he tells him let me drive you to the airport like you know as a viewer you're like fuck and gal you see he's like fuck and he yeah. and Teddy Bass even says, "I got to make a stop." And you're like, "Fuck!" It's, it's <laughs> exactly. Over. And I and Teddy Bass goes and kills a man, and and is ready to, Harry. to kill right. And he's ready to kill Gal in the same spot because why not? So he asks him like, because basically this is what he's going to do. Like I I will either drive you not to the airport oh. but to a train, so, or I will either drive you there or I will kill you based on your response. And he asks him what happened, and his answer is, "I'm just not into this anymore." And that says everything because right there, Teddy Bass is not an idiot. He knows that Don came and bullied him, and and that bat and the gal stood his ground because he's not in it anymore, and that he had to literally kill Don and to say no to him. And and Teddy knows all this, so he's like, "Well, fine, I'll let you live, but I'm not going to pay you for this fucking job." And when he asks for change for a twenty, that's the coolest, most badass motherfucking move. I can think of to, to, to pay someone 10 bucks for this job and ask for change. So $10. funny. <laughs> well, a couple things you've hit on some great points, Travis. And if I were to add to them, I would say he considers Don collateral damage from a huge successful heist. Yeah. And two, this is my issue with the film. Why do they need gal for this job? He's a legendary safe cracker. Yes. Well, what is the job? They 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 break into some stone in the spa bath. Is they there drill underwater? Safe? <laughs> Why do they need Gal? I have He's an not answer. so specific. I have a, I have a good answer because Stan tells him. Stan, by the way, played by a man named Darky Smith. If you're a white man, Darky Smith, don't. Don't go by the name Darky. Just throwing that out there. Anyways, um, so Stan uh, tells him very specifically. I think I even wrote it down. He says we we we're looking for, um, oh shit, where is it? Good boys, reliable, positive yeah. attitude. That's positive it. Attitude. So on one hand, in 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 Don's mind, that's Gal. He's a good boy. He's reliable. He served nine years, and he's got a positive attitude. Glorious gal, party gal. Like he 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 thinks of gal as he's gal. lovable. You're lovable, right. gal. lovable. I love you. Yeah. Um, I'm a really good listener. That makes me die laughing. Don, <laughs> this is a Do good it. listener. Um, but in his mind, like he thinks of gal as Chop! the perfect person for this job. And on top of that, it's an excuse to go see Jackie, who he's been thinking <laughs> about for three years. So that that's it okay. be- between those two things and, and and the fact that he told probably people like, oh, I'll get Gal in on this. And you're right. I think that that is, that is actually a key point that they could easily do it without Gal. That's literally part of the problem is that Gal knows, like, I'm, I'm not worth it to you. Like, this, there's no like there's no need for him to, to do this. 
except for the fact that Don fucking wants him to and won't take no for an answer. Yes. I. It doesn't drag. I, I just get kind of annoyed by the whole period there in the last 25 minutes with this. The heist is interesting to me. I'm down with that. I want to dive into it further and really absorb it, but... The way Teddy's acting, and you described it very well. You're right. It makes total sense to me now that, yes, he would have killed him at Harry's place right after he shot Harry in the face. That makes sense. They're at the back me. of your own fucking head. That's what my favorite line. Of the movie <laughs> That's too. right. It yeah. drags because the threat yeah. is gone. And the threat from the second Don Logan appears on screen is Don Logan. If you take him out of the equation, which they do, and there's still 30 minutes left in the picture... You're gonna. No, but have Teddy's your a threat, though. Heads. Yeah, Teddy's the threat. I mean, I spend the. I agree that the that the third act is the weakest act. That it's the least intense act with Don out of the picture, and they they cut back to him for a reason because they're trying to keep that tension going. I think. Mm -hmm. But um, I do think that Teddy is actually more of a threat than Don. Well, maybe not more of a threat. Well, maybe because Don is outnumbered in Spain. Uh, it, he's protected by the people that love him. Gal is. But in London, Gal is on his own, and none of those guys are going to help him. So he's actually, to me, he feels more at risk when he gets picked up for the uh, to take him to the airport. When Teddy goes to take him to the airport at the end, even this time watching, even though I know the end, like part of me is like, he's going to fucking kill you now, Gal. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, yeah it, is, it is the weakest part of the movie. It is. It there's, yeah. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll I'll leave that there. I I just think that. The movie has so much uh, background to it. There's so many background stories about like Dee Dee's porno career and all these other things that are you fucked hundreds. Yeah, there's. Uh, <laughs> he thinks really that's like good a, on. He thinks that's a terrible thing well, to Michael, say to someone as he's as he's dying. Super sixteen, she was queen. Like what the? Fuck? That's why we got a prequel series coming on AMC. Yes, Plus. that's what. This is what Plus. I wanted to get to because Paramount if it's Plus. happening. There's so much to dive into because they allude to so many things in just one movie. That's not even that long. It's a pretty quick standard movie. Yeah, so I'm ex I, I really hope that we get to see this show come to fruition because I will chop it up. I will eat this up very, very quickly, and I'll be like appointment viewing for this. I'm that excited if it happens. I, I'm interested, I'm, but it's not the same writers. Glazer's not involved either, and so I, I think uh, it's really going to rest on the casting. You know what I mean? If they if they have somebody playing Don in particular, or well, really the three of them. Um, that's if, true. It, you know, it's really going to depend on the casting, so I'm going to go in kind of skeptical. I am true. interested that 20 years later they would choose to do this, though. The, the, the writing set a great foundation for new writers too. That's the good news. I will say that everything mm -hmm. that's been created allows them like they don't, they could kind of fuck it up and it would still be good. But my point being is that I'm just fascinated by all these extra references that are thrown here and there and everywhere. And the fact that we see Don sitting in his undies when he first starts to tell the tale <laughs> of how he hears about the job from a bloke who knows a bloke, oh, you know, this bloke iconic. Yeah, and he's just said that that's what Don would do. I would assume Don would just be sitting around a lot watching television in his underwear waiting to be told what to do next because he's just, yeah. even though he's strong he's and can be annoying, yeah, he doesn't have agency. I don't think he has a lot of agency. I really I don't. don't. I think, He'll yeah, just, he seems to it. really, like, kowtow to Stan. I, I agree. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. And he wants to be liked by them, too, so much as you reference because that's why he'd be embarrassed to tell them mm -hmm. that Gal wouldn't do the job. There's a lot of pressure for him socially Thanks. even though 
Nobody else would give a fuck. So. Yeah. And to go back to Don's, Don saying to Dee that she fucked 100, this this is like his some of his last words. Like he's about to be removed from yes. this earth. And he's going he's to he's look at her and say, you, you fucked hundreds. Like that's like that's going to bother her. And he's going to I fucked Jackie. You know what I mean? Like the shit that he has to say. And every time he says something to one of them, they come over to start beat on him, beating on him more. Yeah. But yep. he's yeah. so, he's such a fucking child. He's so, oh, he's, yeah. like he spends the, most the entire emotionally movie, stunted like... individual. From from the like the moments he appears on screen, he's just he's so, he's trying to be so domineering. Like he tries to like um, sit above everyone when he's on that stupid little fucking ottoman, and he's perched like this fucking gargoyle. And he just he try he he, he does this like insecure domination yes. that is so obvious to everyone around him. It's and yes. like um, it's not cool. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Um, questioning your your opponent and just that all these textbook psychosis type of things he does to them. Yeah, um, violence scares people though. Like, if there's a threat of physical harm, people will kowtow, even if it's obvious as hell. Yeah, but what he does is it, he tries to convince you that that he's right and you're wrong, and mm-hmm. it's just the way he 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 does it that's incredible. And anybody watching this episode or listening is gonna crucify us for not just like lauding this performance and it is a great performance i mean we're talking about the dude who played the greatest pacifist of all time gandhi playing the most <laughs> sociopathic insane villain of all time with don logan who how do you do that i mean it's an incredible performance I agreed yeah. and i think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about his insecurity of the character like so much of what he's doing is is this unnecessary need to trump everybody and have control like why are you swearing i'm not swearing but he swears yeah. all the time <laughs> but he just wants to like have that level of control like yeah i'll take a look around the place when i go to take a piss you know just like everything that he does is involved <laughs> like it demands that he must like belittle you and yeah. uh, and assert his dominance and 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 you yeah you know that he doesn't do that with teddy he doesn't do that with stan he doesn't do that with people that he views as his superiors or his betters mm-hmm. but, but everybody can else with age if you stand up and yell in my face i'm gonna say take this hundred dollars i'll pay for your meal that'll shut you up and make me the big <laughs> <laughs> the better person right that's yeah. yeah that's the downfall of a lot of characters there's a lot of ego for every one of the characters except Gal, I would say. Yeah. But all these other guys, Harry, the bank guy, the guy who runs that place, mm-hmm. he knows, okay. they make it clear that he everybody knows who Teddy Bass is. And oh, Harry knows definitely. who Teddy Bass is, intimately, by the way, in a uh, rousing shower scene. I love uh, that scene so much, actually. I, because, I do, too. Like, it's, it's shot so well. And, like, here he is, like, this tough, they're introducing Mr. Black Magic. We're supposed to like be so like this guy is scary, but we see him yeah. drooling as he's fucked in the ass. And then it literally yes. opens a door for him, this huge door. And you're like, oh, that's why he did that. And that is the scariest guy. I mean, Don Logan's terrifying, but as you said, Teddy Bass yeah. is one of the scariest, if not the scariest, most frightening dude in this whole universe. And yet we see him in a vulnerable state having sex and being fucked by another man in a very, very awesome Awesomely shot scene that's done well, very, very well. Kudos to the director on that one. And then you would think like, oh, well, this guy's I'm not really afraid of this guy. But it doesn't this guy tears the fuck out of you. Yeah. Like you you just know to me, the people who are the most intimidating are the people who will literally do anything because it's not made clear whether or not he's a bisexual or he's gay or whatever he is so we don't know i mean he could be and this is his thing too so he was happy to do it but if he wasn't too it just shows me this guy 
will do anything it takes to get anything he wants at yeah. any price. And that kind of person really freaks me out. There's always a fucking way. But the only <laughs> exactly. thing that kind of rubs me a little yes. bit wrong about that is I feel like if he if he robbed the place, well, maybe maybe he has not a lot of ego either, because part of me is like, well, why not wait until Harry knows that you've robbed him before killing him so that you can have that victory over him? Oh. But but he doesn't seem to care about that. He just wants him. But then why not? I, I guess once they've robbed the place, then he can kill him. I don't know. I don't really also, fully just understand because you're that. bisexual doesn't mean you're unpredictable in your daily acts, especially your professional acts. And I, I don't, I don't know. That, that kind I'm of seems tossed that. into me to be, <laughs> I think you could equate the two. Oh, with, with, uh, with, with, um, with Harry or with, or with Teddy. I'm not with Teddy. Oh, but that, I think that's the point. Is we don't really know if he actually is bisexual or not. We, we, it's established that Harry is, but, but uh, Teddy, I kind of suspect is straight, and that he's doing this to get entry into Harry's life. I mean, literally, he just wants to see the inside of the vault and drop a pack of cigarettes in there so he can scope it out. I think I don't think that he's got a gay bone in his body. Wanking, spanking, <laughs> the bo- the borgy. <laughs> yeah, love, the borgy. I love that. <laughs> Everyone's That's fucking awesome. bored to tears. <laughs> the bored orgy. I love it. Okay. Uh, any other uh, final thoughts? Any notes you wrote down you wanted to squeeze in before we call this a day? What's going on with the score? I don't know anything about British punk. And who are these composers? Uncle and like Mike. I'm, who are these I guys? never heard of any of them, but I think the score gives it such like this constant, like unceasing kinetic energy. Like the movie just never lets you rest. And so much yeah. of it is because of this repetitive kind of techno score, which I usually would not be on board with at all, but I think it works really good with this movie. But and then that, you got yeah. classical, like, like the big stranglers. band orchestral stuff. Yeah, you oh. got the stranglers there, but then they're like in heaven yeah. before Don shows up. Yeah, that's the whole part. Yeah. You nailed it. It doesn't start to get frenetic until Don shows up, and then your fucking blood pressure skyrockets. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what Glazer is trying to do. That first shot of the back of his head in the ears, walking in the airport, and the music changes there. Right. It's, like, all, oh, it's like Mancini for the first part of the movie, and then and like, <laughs> and Martin. Yep. And then, Jackie Treehorn's <laughs> Pleasure Palace. <laughs> right. And then it's like, dun, 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 dun. It just well, not, that was fucking uh, yes, like yes, zombies. Yes, zombies yes, and, but, yes, Thunderkiss 65? All right. yeah, I didn't mean yeah. to do that, but uh, which I think is <laughs> our different. second reference to that song in the last three episodes or so. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I really actually really like the soundtracks. I think it just really drives the movie. Yeah, I'd never heard that Strangler song until I saw this movie, and now it's like I see it in so many more pieces of art and uh, creative work since then, so mm-hmm. now it's standard issue. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Travis, you picked this movie. Why don't you lead us off, buddy? It absolutely still holds up as I figured that it would. <laughs> I was really glad to finally revisit it and revisit it with with you guys. Um, it's funny to me, Eric, that you'd only seen it once. It's, you make these assumptions about people because all of us have seen this movie so many times. I just kind of presumed, and I don't know why. But I'm glad that you got a, a second uh, revisit with it as well that you maybe wouldn't have taken otherwise. Jonathan Glazer, I'm looking forward to the next thing that he does. I'm thankful for this movie and that it showed us a whole other side to Ben Kingsley and that it really introduced us to Winstone and McShane in a way that you know we hadn't, as uh, at least in American audiences, embraced them yet. And yeah, this movie is one of the most quotable movies I can think of. I mean, this Big Lebowski... 
not many others. <laughs> Some of the most quotable films I can possibly rank. I mean, just almost every line in this movie. I fucked up. I fucked up. So uh, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. You'll be there. The Grosvenor. Yes, Roundtree. Friday, the Grosvenor. You'll be there. Yes, Roundtree. All right, well said, sir. Uh, I'll go next. Yeah, this movie totally holds up. I love this movie. Always will. I don't see how it could change and turn on me. Uh, I guess people change, and I change. I get older. Maturation process can be complicated. It can lead to new ground. But it's just too... I didn't do a single other thing while I watched this movie. Like Usually I'll be watching the movie and maybe doing some internet stuff here or whatever. I was stuck on the film. As soon as I turned it on, I was just staring at the screen sucked in like an hour and 10 minutes have gone by like oh my god i've just been staring at the screen focused entirely on the film that's what and, movie uh, watching is like <laughs> right yeah right a true but i've seen it before that's what's funny i've seen it so many times but it was like the first time i saw it which really stuck out to me that the movie had an effect on me to this day so i think that says a lot about how impressive this movie is casting from the dialogue to the uh, all the the scapes we see. I mean, Spain looks gorgeous, and that area is beautiful. I'd love to go to that villa and the two hearts in the swimming pool. There's a lot to look at. There's a lot to see and hear, and this movie absolutely holds up. But if you don't think it holds up, please reach out to me, let me know, and tell me why, because I would like to hear the reasons. <laughs> Maybe enlighten me a little bit. I, I just don't see it. Well, let's talk to Eric. Maybe he doesn't think it holds up. Let's find out. Okay, that's right. Yes, please do. <laughs> Uh, the film's 88 minutes and it is, there's not an ounce of fat on it. The characters right. are written so dynamically, man. You, you, you've got a villain for the ages. Okay. And you've got, uh, what may be considered an anti-hero in, in the Ray Winstone character that doesn't get enough credit, man. I sat there watching this and I'm, I'm applauding this performance by Ben Kingsley. Jesus. Gandhi is this fucking psycho. But I'm looking at this tender, romantic performance about a man who just wants to appreciate a woman regardless of her past. And and that phone call, I love yeah. you like a fucking lion loves our cubs. Or like a whatever. I love that. I love that part. Or whatever. It's, it's beautiful, man. And it's about people uh, regardless of their history, man. Don't let yourself ever be defined by your history. And this movie encapsulate that encapsulates that thought in a beautiful way. It doesn't spend so much time on this whole fucking Ocean's 12 heist because it doesn't need to. Because Gal doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He does the job. And, and the movie is about... Do it. <laughs> okay, it holds up because it's amazing. You're telling me this is from a first-time filmmaker? This is one of the best first-time features any director has ever made. The movie is sublime. It's so gorgeous. Anyone that has not seen it, I totally encourage you to watch it, man. Uh, incredible. Love yeah, it. If it's, if it's been a while, it's time to revisit. It still holds up really well. And that's three it's of been us. If it's been a while, yeah. Been a while. It's been a while. It's all Everyone's going to do it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, fucking great movie. Glad that we all agree still 22 years later. Mm -hmm. God, has it been that long? Great choice, Travis. Uh, we'll never get to do this again. This is our Sexy Beast episode. It's done now, and we can never go back. But you can always go back and rewatch this anytime you want or re-listen or listen for the first time. 
But if you're hearing this now at the end of the episode, you probably mean it would be a re-listen. So never mind. Uh, or a rewatch. Right. Thank you for being connected to the show, guys. We love having you here. Send them an iPod at ProtonMail.com. Reach out to us. Connect with us. Five-star reviews on your preferred podcast platform. That would be amazing. Eric Branstrom, you are now up for episode 98 next week, which is a couple away from 100, which is going to be our big show. We got people lined up. We're going to have special guests. It's going to be a big one. But what are we doing next week? It's going to be a controversial pick, but we take Ooh. risk here at the Cinema 9 podcast. All right. Do we? I don't know how this is going to go over. Could go one way, <laughs> could go another. But I'm going to put it out there, man. Um, going back to 2000. Ooh, damn, Same I'm year? I've been worrying about this all all day. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yes, you, yes, yes, Thank yes, yes. Um, Chop! <laughs> Jesus Christ, Michael. Okay, it's a movie that got a lot of talk back in the day, especially from the, the filmmaking team behind it. People were like, what the oh. fuck? You're doing this next? Team. And, uh, yeah, they did do it. And it got a big response, and people enjoyed it. But will we, 22 years later? A Curtis Hansen film. Eight Mile. Oh, that's 2002, by the way. But, okay. That's 2000. Okay. Mm. Eight Mile. We're doing Eight Mile. Cool. That's a good call. I think this is a great choice. Is it Especially, it is 2002. Yeah. Oh, but. Sorry. uh Either 2002. Way. Yeah, it was after Wonder Boys. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my bad. All right. Follow up to Wonder Boys. Which yeah, we did. Wonder Boys, one of our first. Check out. Uh, this is our second out. Curtis Hansen episode. Yeah. All right. Okay. This is a. Uh, it's a good call. I like this. I think. Uh, I expect this to be one of our most downloaded episodes. There's a lot of people love Eight Mile. Eminem is massive. Uh, maybe so. I'm maybe infused by our 224 downloads for the Lady Killers, and I'm a. Uh, <laughs> Trying to play to the crowd, win the, win the crowd, win your freedom. I'm telling you, people said. out there, I told you this before. Every time I clipped on a scene to download it for the show for audio last week, there was all these comments and people say, they, I love this movie. I love it. this movie. so funny. It's so funny. I, I, they, they said it. Bizarre. Yeah, that, well, there it is. Yeah. All right. Eight Mile, Travis, what do you say? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you've seen 8 Mile, right? We've all seen 8 Mile. Yeah, I saw it once. Okay, saw it once. There it is. Well, you're going to see it twice next week. By then, we'll have our opinion on 8 Mile starring Eminem and the dearly departed Eminem. Britney Murphy. Rest in power. And until then, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We appreciate all the comments, too. Matt Wilson and everybody. For Travis Roy, Eric Bradshaw, Robert. Michael Govier. We'll catch you next time. Hairdressers are shitting themselves. Me. <laughs> I know.